Hello, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the sound that a duck makes. We have no contempt for ducks on this podcast. Hello. Hi there. How are you today? I hope you're quite well. I am well as well. I am as well well. I'm good. Thank you for asking. You know, I just want to reiterate that we have no contempt for ducks on this podcast, as the other version of me told you in the intro. And what I mean by that is just to say that, you know, so many people just walk by ducks And, you know, ducks are obviously there for our, you know, entertainment. They're there to, you know, give us, you know, friends if we don't have friends. They're there to be our duck friends if we need friends. And, you know, the least we could do is feed them. But, you know, so many people just walk right past the ducks and don't feed them. And and listen, I don't know if you know this, but ducks have some potential. I don't know if you are aware of the potential that ducks have. But, you know, I went to a hotel one time called the Peabody Hotel. And this hotel was, you know, it's it was quite something. And um, I was at a, you know, at a at a taekwondo tournament, um, you know, and I was a tiny tiger. I was a little. I had a I had a a green belt at the time, probably. And uh, you know, I was a dangerous little cookie. I was a dangerous little little uh, little macaroon. And uh, you know, I was I was about a nine nine years old at the time, and and I was a tiny tiger. And, uh, well, I wasn't a tiny tiger. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I was about, I was young. I was little, but I, I was doing Taekwondo nonetheless. And I actually won a trophy. Um, I think it was, it was third place maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was feeling pretty high and mighty, but in this hotel, in this Peabody hotel, which I don't think is there anymore, um, you know, I think there was like a Mandela effect thing that went on there because I swear that it was in Little Rock, Arkansas. But now there's no Peabody Hotel in Little Rock, Arkansas, and people are claiming that there never was one there. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But I know that it was at the Peabody Hotel somewhere in the United States. And I was at a Taekwondo tournament, and there were a group of ducks in this hotel. And they were they were quite the spectacle. They, they would follow the bellmen all around and uh, they were they were quite something. But I, I only say said that to say that ducks have potential and so many times we have contempt for ducks. And I just wanted to, you know, use this time to emphasize how we should not despise our little um, friends uh, upon whom's back water is, you know, the, the term comes water off a duck's back. You know, there's a lot we can learn from ducks, you know. And like ducks, people have more potential than we often give them. And uh, we often pass by uh, people that are just asking for a crumb of bread. And, uh, you know, if we feed the ducks, how much more should we feed the people? I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. But, you know, like ducks, you know, water off a duck's back, you know, uh, we should learn to not be offended with people. I don't, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and stop. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm just rambling on. But... Anyway, we do not have contempt for ducks, and I just wanted to expound upon that just a little bit. Anyway, um, you know, today is is a, is a good day. 
And, and one of the reasons why today is a good day is because I was driving around town and I saw a man and, uh, he was, he was elderly and, um, he, you know, looks like he's in his seventies, mid seventies. And, um, he was wearing, speaking of Taekwondo here, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joining this together now. He was wearing like a full, like karate Taekwondo, like uniform, like from the waist up with the, the karate belt. Um, and I think he had like sweatpants on and he was riding a yellow moped around his neighborhood and just had the most content look on his face. And he didn't appear to be like headed anywhere either. He just appeared to be riding around his neighborhood on a yellow moped with a karate outfit on. And I've just, you know, I like, I passed him on the way to the house I was going to and I passed him on the way back. So he, he was just kind of riding around and I was just like, I don't know who that man is, but he's got life figured out. And I need, I need to learn from that man. But anyway, I'm, I'm just kind of padding the intro here. I'm already four minutes in, my goodness. Um, but <laughs> anyway, if you made it through all that nonsense, you're ready for the topic of the day. And the name of this podcast is Isaacs and Ishmael's. And um, I want to talk about a story in the Bible that you're probably familiar with, a couple stories, um, if you're familiar with the Bible at all. And uh, that's the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I want to uh, take this time today uh, to speak out something that I feel like the Lord um, put on my heart a few months ago. And uh, I really haven't had an opportunity to share it with, with many people. Um, but uh, I felt like it was time for me to go ahead and, and say, um, talk about this on this podcast. So uh, let's get into it. I want to read in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, chapter 11, verse 1. And, and let's be honest, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes is uh, is one of those books that it's kind of like disarming a bomb. You got to, you know, make sure you don't touch the wrong verse, you know, because there's a lot of negative stuff in there. It's kind of like Job, you know, it's, you got to, you got to, it's like do an operation, you know, you hit the wrong verse, you're in trouble. You know, pastors, you see that pastors try to preach out of Ecclesiastes and, and Job and they're like, just, just don't, don't move to the next verse until I tell you to, because, you know, there's just a, there's just a lot of interesting theological uh, topics of conversation uh, within these books, but they are the word of God nonetheless. They are anointed. They are very good, and uh, I love them. And they have a lot of good stuff for us to learn from them, uh, like verse one of chapter eleven, which says, "Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days." Uh, I like the version um, of this verse in the complete Jewish Bible that says, send your resources out over the seas and eventually you will reap a return. The reason why I titled this podcast Isaacs and Ishmael's is because I believe that there are two types of things in our life that come into our life. And those are the things that God brings into our life that he promises us, that is within his covenant within us. And then there are also things that come to us either by our own hand or just that is offered to us by the world, or even, dare I say, um, is given to us by Satan himself. Because the Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of light. And, you know, uh, Satan is the tempter. He knows how to appeal to our dreams and desires and, and what we like and, and dislike. And he knows how to appeal to our natural desires and our emotional desires and our eyes. The Bible talks about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He knows how to appeal to what, you know, appeals to our ego. And he's very good at that. He's, uh, he's the tempter. 
And, you know, there's some things that come into our lives that are not from God, even though they look good and sound good and, and even feel good. And there is a difference between what is God's blessing and what is just the world's substitute and what is the world's counterfeit. And I want to talk about the difference between those two things. And uh, if you're familiar with this, you know, Abraham in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, uh, without reading every verse, you know, I'll just tell you about him. Um, you know, he was the father of faith and, you know, he was the one who God promised him that he would be the father of many nations. And, and at the time that he received this promise, he had no kids at all. In fact, he, he was uh, going to leave everything that he had to his servant and because uh, that was the closest thing he had to an heir. And he's like, God, you know, I don't have a son. I don't have a daughter. I don't have anybody to leave my inheritance to. How is it that I'm going to be a father of many nations? But God told him that I will give you a son. And he had a promise from God that God was going to give him a son. And so that's where he started. He started with this promise from God that the Bible says he believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And, um, you know, uh, that was good. His expectation for a son was right, and his desire for a son was right. You know, it's interesting to me how sometimes people kind of get caught up in religion and thinking that we shouldn't be expecting anything from God, and that we shouldn't get our hopes up, and we shouldn't be getting excited expecting things because, you know, well, it may not happen, and you want to make sure that, you know, that doesn't become an idol. But really, the, the truth is, something only becomes an idol either when you try to get it apart from God or it tries to take God's place in your life. Now, something can come from God and be from God, but you have to be careful not to let it get out of its place because in its place, it's a blessing from the Lord. The only reason why it would become an idol is if you take it out of its place and try to put it in God's place. If you try to make somebody your source. And, and for instance, um, in the book of Genesis later on, uh, Jacob is married to Rachel and Rachel can't have kids. And Rachel says to Jacob, give me children or I'm going to die. And Jacob looks back at Rachel and he says, am I God? Can I open and close the womb? And it's so interesting to me that in that moment, you know, the Bible also talks about, I know I'm getting off into some stuff here, but Rachel actually had idols that she kept in her tent. And, and this is, you know, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham, um, the daughter or the son of Isaac and Rebekah. And so we're, we're kind of skipping into the future here. But Rachel was the wife of Jacob that he waited seven years for and Laban tricked him. And, and I can't get into the whole Old Testament. I don't have time. But um, she kind of had an issue with idols. And I think that's interesting that we see that because in that moment, she turned her husband, Jacob, who was a blessing from God, into God. And she turned him into an idol because she started looking to him and getting her eyes on him to give her children when that was not in his hands to do. And I only say that to say that really an idol is something that we either try to get apart from God or outside of God's plan and will, or it's something that is from God that we take out of its place and try to put it in God's place in our heart and in our life. Um, And that is what causes something to become an idol. But it's not wrong to expect something from God. Listen, I'm just going to use some common sense. If God said something, you can have this. I want you to have this. This is what belongs to you as my child. This is what is a part of your inheritance as my child. If God says that, listen, 
you can have what God says you can have. Like, you don't have to be afraid that, oh, I think I'm being greedy or I'm being selfish or I'm being... No, like, that's not humility to, like, to deny what God said you could have. Like, that's actually almost as if you're acting like you're more, you know better for yourself than God does. Because if God said, hey, I'm promising you this, I'm going to give you this, I want you to have this. Like, if God promised you something, either in his word or something you believe he spoke to your heart that lines up with his word, that you believe the Holy Spirit revealed to you through your relationship with him, if he if He promised it to you and it's good and it's right and it's within his will and it lines up with that, it's not wrong to expect that. It's not wrong to believe for that and look for that. God is pleased by our faith. He is pleased when we trust him with our desires and our dreams. And it's not wrong to have dreams. We should have dreams and desires and vision. The thing is, so often we we get caught up in our own things and our own dream for our life, and we don't take time to find out what God's dream for our life is. And, you know, Psalm 37 says that he gives us the desires of our heart. I believe that that means that he actually breathes the desires into us. He actually plants the seed of the desire in us so that it can come forth later on. But he wants us to get it from him, and he, he wants it to be a part of his plan for our life. And we're looking to him for the fulfillment of it. And this is what Abraham was doing. Abraham was looking for the fulfillment of God's promise to him. He was looking for the the fulfillment of him having a son. But in the midst of that, you know, they waited a, a good couple of decades and nothing happened. And so they started to question, hey, you know, maybe we're approaching this from the wrong perspective. Maybe we misunderstood God. Maybe, you know, God does want to give you a seed, Abraham, his wife was saying, but maybe I'm not supposed to be a part of that. Maybe, maybe this is just between you and God. And so she gets the bright idea to bring her young servant, Hagar, into the picture, who was young enough to have a child, and essentially was like, hey, why don't you use her as a surrogate kind of thing? And you really think about it, this is kind of messed up. And it was because it wasn't God's plan. And if it was God's plan, it wouldn't have been messed up. That God wanted it to be right. Um, but they had this idea, and they're like, well, we'll just do it this way. And uh, so they had a son, or Abraham had a son through Hagar, and they named him Ishmael. And uh, essentially, right after that happened, God comes to Abraham, and he's like, hey, buddy, um, yeah, so you kind of messed up. (laughs) That's not what I meant. And uh, I'm going to give you a son through your wife, which makes sense because that's, you know, what you're supposed to do. But he's like, hey, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah and I'm going to supernaturally do this. And it's so interesting to me. Uh, There's so much we could get into here. But really, you know, the things that are of God, they, they require us to look to him for the fulfillment. The things that are just of us are just something that we do in the flesh, or we can make happen on our own, or we can do, or somebody else can do. And and that's where the idolatry comes in, because we're looking at other people or ourselves, and our eyes are not on God. But see, in this instance, Abraham had to keep his eyes on God in order to believe that his wife could have a child at 90 years old. And it required the supernatural. And, and God loves it when when we believe for the supernatural, when we're expecting, because that's not idolatry. That's us looking to him. That's us making him God in our life. And that's what he wants. So Abraham, you know, he got this word from God. He's like, okay, well, that's how God's going to do it. So long story short, Sarah conceives, has a son, names him Isaac. Isaac 
is he's the blessing in their life. He's the promise fulfilled. But the problem is, is that now there's this thing called Ishmael and there's this son Ishmael that they, they did this on their own. And then Isaac's here and this is the promise. And I know this kind of sounds sad because it's like poor Ishmael, you know, he's just like the mistake. But that's not true because God ended up blessing him and, and making a nation out of him and, 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 you know, taking care of him. But the point of this story is that they got out ahead of God and they, they did something that God did not tell them to do. And so now this other thing is taking the place of the right thing and the blessing. And this thing that they did on their own is, is, is hindering them, is hindering the promise, and it's in the way. And what I want to make a point to you about today is that there are some things in our life that God asks us to get rid of and lay down and and send out of our lives, and even relationships and people and things like that, because they're in the way of what God wants to do in our life. They're in the way of what God is trying to do in our life. Maybe they're dragging us down spiritually. Maybe they're dragging us down morally. Maybe there's just not a good connection. Maybe it's just not, you know, a healthy relationship. And and not just relationships. This includes habits. This includes um, things we like to do. This in- includes things we like to eat. This includes things we like to watch and listen to. And it, there's a whole broad thing here. But without getting into all of those things... There are things that just need to get cut out of our lives, straight up. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and cast it from you. Now, he's not talking about chopping your hand off. We all know that. But he's saying if something is in your life that that is a part of your life, but it's hindering you from walking in my calling and my blessing and my plan for you, you need to get rid of it. And there are some things that we lay down because they're hindering us from walking with God. But there are other things that God asks us to lay down for seasons, not because they're bad or hindering us, but because for a season, he needs us to be focused on him and focused on other things. And he will bring those things back into our lives. And that is where Isaac comes into the picture. Now, I want to say this to you. No matter what God asks you to lay down, are, are to remove from your life, he will always bring something better into your life to replace it, or he'll bring that thing back in a better state. He'll always do this. He does not ever leave us barren. The Bible says that in Psalms that he does not leave the righteous desolate. And he always fills our life with good things and what we need. But if he asks you to lay down something, he'll either bring something better to replace it, or he'll bring that thing back in a better state than it was before. There are some things that God removes from our life permanently, but they are to make room for something better. God will never leave you barren. I want to make that point to you. If he has told you to sacrifice something, it is so that something better can take its place. And God's faithful. I don't know if you've seen this this picture that circulated on the internet for a few years, but it's of Jesus and a little girl, and the little girl's holding on to her teddy bear, and Jesus Uh, She's like, oh, Jesus, I love this teddy bear. And Jesus is like, just trust me. And he's got a huge, big, giant teddy bear behind his back. Well, I think that picture speaks so well to what I'm talking about today. God is faithful. He never asks us to lay down anything without bringing something else to replace it. But to come back to this story of Isaac and Ishmael, you know, eventually Abraham has to send Ishmael and his mother away because there's too much strife between Isaac and Ishmael. 
And so Ishmael takes, you know, takes the place of the firstborn in his life, and he's the the blessed one, and and life is good. But then out of nowhere, one time, God's like, hey, Abraham, I want you to offer Isaac up to me as a sacrifice. And Abraham's like, uh, okay. And, but the Bible says he immediately obeys, and he takes Isaac up, and he's going to offer him as a sacrifice. But then right before Abraham kills the son, uh, God's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just kidding. And he, and he angel comes and he stops Abraham from killing Isaac. And he said, now I know that you won't withhold anything from me. And he makes a covenant with him. Now I could get into some stuff here about how this is a type of Jesus and God laying down his son and how Abraham believed for Isaac's resurrection, but he was actually believing for Jesus' resurrection in the future because the Bible says that Abraham considered that God would would raise up Isaac from the dead if that was necessary. And the point was, no matter what, Abraham believed he was going to get his son back, even if he had to kill him and God had to raise him from the dead. Now, this is some intense faith right here. This is some intense stuff, but this is what the Word of God talks about. But he laid down Isaac... And he did it with willingness, but with Isaac, he didn't lay him down without an expectation to take him up again. And and I I wondered about this before, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, sometimes I I hear people like, you know, say, oh, just, you need to expect what God has for you. You need to get excited. You need to prepare for what you're believing for. You need to make room for what you're believing for. You know, you know, if you're believing for a baby, you need to go buy a crib. You know, if you're, if you're believing for a vehicle, you need to make room in the garage. You know, you need to prepare what you're believing for. And then I'd hear other people and they'd be like, well, you know, you just need to lay all your dreams at the feet of God and, and, and sacrifice your dreams. And you just need to lay it all down, lay it all at his feet. Just, just forget it all. Forget your plans, forget your dreams, forget everything you want. Just lay it all down. You just got to lay it all down. And I'd hear that too. And I'd be like, Lord, what, which is it? Like, am I supposed to be expecting what I'm believing for or am I supposed to lay it down? Like, what, what are you saying to me? And the Lord helped me one day. And I don't know why it took me so long to see this, but he took me to a verse in Hebrews. And, uh, and it, it finally kind of clicked with me, uh, the answer to this. And I'm going to turn over here really quickly. I didn't have it open and ready, but I'm going to turn over here in Hebrews in my actual Bible. I'm actually turning in a Bible. Normally, I just, you know, copy them and put them on my little iPad. But this time, I'm actually using a paper Bible. Um, but uh, this verse in Hebrews 11... Um, and Hebrews 11 is, re- is referred to as the faith chapter. Um, so we're talking about Abraham. And uh, on, on in verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that Isaac shall be thy seed. Or I'm sorry, by Isaac shall thy seed be called. Watch this in verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And the Lord showed me that verse, and I realized when with some things, we're supposed to lay them down at God's feet, but not without the expectation of taking it up again. And the truth is, anything that we lay at God's feet we should have an expectation that God is either going to give us something better or he will give us that thing back in a better state because he said he would do that. Even Abraham accounted God able to raise Isaac back from the dead. And the truth is that is how 
how he believed he gave God a right to give us his son because Abraham offered him his only son. And you, you notice the same terminology in there where he says his only begotten son. Well, you know you've heard that before, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And uh, if Abraham had not done that, it wouldn't have given God a right to give his son. I know that's some deep stuff, and I'm not going to get into all that right now. But it's, it's interesting to talk about. You know, uh, I've thought about this. When God told me to give up drugs and, and to give up getting high, if you've heard my testimony that I gave at the beginning of, of this podcast, um, of, of, you know, all the podcasts, the first episode, I talked about my testimony. You know, when God told me to, to, to put drugs away from me and stop doing drugs, it, it wasn't just to leave me barren and, and without anything in my life. It was so that I could experience a life of being full of His Spirit and His power. He didn't leave me empty. He simply wanted me to vacate the throne of my my heart for him to occupy. And the last podcast I made last week, it was called Clean Out the Fridge. And I talked about making room for God and cleaning things out to make room for him and, and living a fasted life and how living a fasted life actually makes room for God in our lives. It's not about just being empty. It's about making room for him to fill more of us. Because the more we vacate for him, the more he can fill. But he won't just fill it with himself in, in that sense. He'll fill it with good things that are from him. I mean, James says that every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. And even and people don't understand this a lot of times, but you know, the glory of God, the word glory means heavy with everything good. I mean, in the presence of God, the Bible says there's fullness of joy. In His presence, there is no lack. There is no need. When God's presence is fully manifested, there is no sickness or disease. There's no sickness or disease in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no lack of anything in heaven. Nobody is scraping by or struggling in heaven because His presence is in full manifestation. The only reason there's curse, the only reason there's lack in this world is because of the curse. The only reason why there's sickness and disease in this world is because of the curse that entered into this world through sin in the beginning. But when God comes back and reestablishes his kingdom and when he brings us to heaven where he's in full manifestation, there's not going to be a curse. And so any lack of anything is not of God. It's not from him. He wants to fill our lives with himself and he, his presence is heavy with everything good. You know, there are some things that God asks us to lay down um, that are Ishmael's. Um, But there are other things that he asks us to lay down that are Isaac's. In other words, God asks us to lay them down for a season only to take them up again at the right time. And if I may say in a better state, which I've already said that, but I'll say it again. There are some things that are like that, that God asks us to lay down for a season. You know, uh, I love what Jesus said in John 10, 17. He said, the father has an intense love for me because I freely give my own life, watch this, to raise it up again. And like I said in Ecclesiastes, what we started out with, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days it will return to you. I want to make a statement that I believe the Lord impressed upon my heart a few months ago and about this season that we're in right now. And I know it's been a crazy year, but I still believe good things are on the horizon I believe Satan puts his best foot forward, but I believe God saves his best for last. And I believe that we are still going to see some amazing things this year and next year that God is doing in the world and in this country and uh, wherever you are, if you'll believe him for it. But I want to make the statement. 
I believe that God is giving back Isaacs. I believe that there are some things that many people have laid down and walked away from and, and, and given up for the sake of the kingdom of God, or for whatever reason that God wants to return. He wants to give some things back. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but that's just what I feel impressed to say. I know what it means to me, but that's what I feel impressed to say is I believe there are some Isaacs. I believe there are some things that God wants to give back. I love what Jesus said in Mark eight thirty-five. He said, whoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And, you know, Jesus uh, himself was taken away from the disciples so that the Holy Spirit could come and occupy the church. In John 16, 7, he talks about that. It's better for me to go away. But he's returning to us again. He's an example of this. He's an example of something being taken away and being given back to us. You know the story of the rich young ruler, maybe, uh, how Jesus, you know, told the young man, he's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, one thing you lack, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. And a lot of people, you know, take that and say, well, see, we're supposed to sell all that we have. Well, that's what he said to that young man. But you know what he said right after that, that doesn't get quoted nearly as much. Jesus said in Mark 10, verse 29 and 30, he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there is no one who has given up a house or a brother or sister or mother or father or children or farm or anything for my sake and for the gospel's sake, who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. In other words, what he's saying is, there's nobody who's given anything up for me, or who's laid anything down, that they will not be given more beside or something better than what they laid down. God is faithful. He always rewards obedience. You know, I heard a couple stories that I kind of wanted to just close this podcast out um, talking about this um, that reminded me of this principle. The first one is uh, I have a friend of mine, and his dad is a guitarist, and a very good guitarist. He's played in a band for years, and he plays at church and things like that. And he had this Fender that he really liked, this Fender Stratocaster. And uh, he he had it for a long time, uh, but then he sold it. And uh, he sold it, and he always regretted selling it. And uh, years later, uh, somehow he ended up coming back across the same guitar years later and uh, bought the same guitar back that he had sold years before. And he still plays it to this day. And uh, there was another story that I heard um, somebody recently uh, that they had to sell their engagement ring. They had this huge, beautiful diamond engagement ring. And her and her husband sold their engagement ring uh, so they could start their business. There was the only thing they had that was valuable enough to invest in the business that they they felt like they were supposed to do and pursue. And, and today their business is doing well. But the interesting thing is the conversation started because this person had that big giant diamond on their finger and they said well we sold this ring 10 years ago but somehow because we kept up with the paperwork 10 years later we were able to buy back the same exact ring that my husband proposed to me with and that was a part of our marriage when we started and the Lord brought this ring back to us well they they hadn't had this ring for 10 years and the Lord brought this diamond ring back to them uh, there's another couple I know who are in ministry, and uh, ten years ago, another ten-year story. They were uh, they were so full of a desire to move to a certain state, 
and start a ministry there and start a church there. And they thought it was time. They thought they were going to do that. Um, but the more they prayed about it, they felt like the Lord was saying, it's not time yet. And you need to go back to your home state and, and just continue your ministry there. Well, they did that. They went back to their home state and they continued doing what they were doing for 10 years. And they kind of forgot about it. They kind of thought, well, no, that'll probably never happen. This is probably where we're at. We're just, this is, this is it. But they never lost that desire in their heart to be in in that state, to be in the mountains in the state and to start a church there. Well, 10 years later, it's like right in the middle of what they were doing where they were, God brings this dream back to them and says, it's time. It's time to, to move there and start this church after 10 years. And so they got the desire of their heart. God brought it back to them and they never lost the desire. You know, we need to pay attention to things that just don't go away in our hearts. When there's a desire or a dream or a vision or something that just doesn't go away year after year after year, it's like every time you look up, it's still there. And maybe you don't see any way it could happen. Maybe it doesn't make any sense how you could do that or be that, but it's just still there in your heart. Learn to pay attention to that because the Bible says that God gives us the secret petitions of our heart. And I like to say it like this. He doesn't give us the obvious demands of our flesh, but he does give us the secret petitions of our heart. When you lay things down for his sake, he will either give it back to you at the right time or he will give you something better. And, uh, you know, I've seen this in my life with guitars. I'm a guitarist and I like guitars a lot. You know, God has given me some nice guitars, and I say God has given it to me because I believe it came from Him. Um, He's done it through people, but I've been given some nice guitars, but every single nice guitar I've ever had, God has led me to give away or to sell and to get rid of. And I've had it, and I've enjoyed it for a season, and then I've passed it along. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's one of the reasons why it hasn't been hard for me um, to, to receive guitars and for, for God to give me guitars, even though I really like guitars is if I had held on to those guitars, I don't think God would have been able to bring them through my hands because he didn't just bring them to me. He brought them through me. And, And this is the answer to a lot of questions people have about what, what you would call quote unquote prosperity gospel. You know, I believe that God wants us to be blessed, to be a blessing to other people. Now he wants us to enjoy things. He wants us to have rich things. He wants us to have, but you know, When you consecrate your life to God, God will take the desires of your heart and he will weave them into his plan for your life and for his kingdom. God will take your desires that are good and use them for his kingdom purposes when you commit them to God. You know, what you commit to God becomes holy. What you sanctify to God becomes sanctified. And what what you separate unto him is separated unto him. It's blessed and it's and it becomes a part of his things when you separate it unto him. That's what it's like with people that have been separated unto him or, or even the tithe, separating a 10% of your money unto him. It becomes holy because it's separated unto him. The more you consecrate yourself to God, the more important your life becomes to him in the sense of not that your life isn't important to him, but let me say it like this. The more important the things of God become to you, the more important the things of you become to God. <laughs> and and the desires of your heart, the things that you, you dream about or want to see, those things that he's put in your heart. When you seek first his kingdom, God takes a personal interest in the secret petitions of your heart. And what you lay down for his sake 
He is faithful to bring back or to give you something better. He, he's a good God. He never leaves you barren. He's, he's not left himself without witness that he is a just God and he's faithful. Not that we deserve anything, but when he says he's going to do something, he's faithful to fulfill what he said. I want to read this little poem to you. It's kind of a song, actually, that I wrote, but I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say it as a poem, and then I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your day without my voice. It says, What I lay at your feet, you will return to me. What I lay at your feet, you always give back to me. Like Isaac on the altar, like Jesus on the tree, what I lay down, you will return to me. I hope this podcast blessed you today. Uh, My name is Benjamin Pace. This is the No Content Podcast that you're listening to. And I just want to encourage you. I believe God is giving back Isaacs. And again, I don't know what that means to you, but I believe that God wants to bring some things into your life and bless you with some things maybe that you gave up on a long time ago or maybe something better than what you gave up on. But if you've given up anything for the sake of the gospel, if you've walked away from anything for the sake of the gospel, if you've um, laid down anything, if you sacrificed anything, the Bible says he remembers all our offerings and uh, he, he accepts our sacrifices. In Psalm 20, it says that. And he's not unjust to forget your good work and your labor of love, which you show toward him and toward his saints. So if you've laid down anything for his sake, um, I would encourage you to expect God to return to you what you laid down. Not because he owes it to you, not because you deserve it, but because he's good and because he's faithful. This is the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. For the second time, please enjoy the rest of your day. Turn to me. 
not sick all of my thoughts and all of my plans I'd sick all of the things that I don't understand I'd sick all of my feelings and all of my thoughts and I lay them down before you I'd sick all of my thoughts and all of my plans I'd sick all of the things that I don't understand I'd sick all of my feelings and all of my thoughts And I'd lay them down before you And I lay them down before you, God. Cause what I lay at your feet, you will return to me. What I lay at your feet, you always give back to me. Like Isaac on the altar, like Jesus on the tree, what I lay down, you will return to me. You will return to me. Thanks again for listening to the No Contempt Podcast. Please remember these three things. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, don't forget to feed the ducks.